Welcome to Soberly Ever After, the podcast that inspires you to live your own happy ever after by embracing sobriety. I'm Jenna and my co-host is Leslie and each week we'll be sharing our journeys, interviewing others and exploring the reasons why a sober life is a better life. Today is such an exciting episode because we've got Jade from Scotland. First, we are going to hear a little about who she is and what her story with drinking entails. After that, we'll discuss the main theme of today's episode, which is sober dating. If you are a part of the sober community, chances are that you already know Jade from her handle, Scottish and Sober. And if you don't know Jade, this will be a sweet surprise. This episode is important to my heart. When I decided to become sober, I soon decided to get on to Instagram under a handle I had saved, which is sweetly surprised. I can't recall how it occurred, but I suddenly thought to try and look up other sober accounts for inspiration, and it wasn't too long before Jade and I both followed each other. I can't speak for Jade, but I swiftly felt a connection to Jade just by her posts. Initially, I felt like we were both sort of on the same wavelength with both being new on there. We both had sort of happier and more lighthearted posts. At some point, Jade and I began direct messaging each other and having voice chats. We began talking so much that Jade knew more about me and my life than some of my friends here in Oregon. You could pretty much say we hit it off and Jade became a soulmate friend of mine, which is why I'm elated to talk to her on here today. Jade and I share many things in common. Not only did we quit drinking around the same time, but we both enjoy talking lots, being open books, and sharing all that's real and honest, overanalyzing, being dreamy, and sharing our hearts. And one main thing we have had fun talking about with each other is sober dating, hence the theme of today's episode. Everyone knows Jade as a beautiful, cute, uplifting girl who has become quite popular on Instagram for genuinely demonstrating how a sober life is really fun. And not only does she do it well, but she has a Scottish accent to boot. With that, I'd like to say hello to Jade and to remotely introduce her to my friend, Leslie. Leslie, do you want to tell her a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from and all of that? Hi, Jade. I'm Leslie. Hi, Leslie. I'm Oregon. Um, I'm just good friends with Jenna. And I don't drink because someone special to me over drinks. And so I just choose not to. And um, I am married. So uh, I don't know anything about sober dating. <laughs> so, but I am really interested and um, can't wait to hear about your guys's. Thank you, Leslie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And thank you, Jenna, for such a lovely <laughs> intro. Oh, my goodness, I was welling up. Nobody's uh-huh. ever said such nice things about me. <laughs> oh, I can't. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh. But I'm, can I just say, though, um, I really do agree with everything you said. And it's quite rare to find somebody online who you connect and click with so quickly and so effortlessly and I've just loved getting to know you and become friends with you and I'm very very lucky to have you in my life so thank you for inviting me onto your podcast I'm honored yeah I just I'm so grateful as well and it was just yeah it was so shocking because you know, I believe in like magical things happening, but yeah, the the connection and the talking with you is so fun. So yay. <laughs> Woohoo. Woohoo. Let's, let's go. Let's let's go. Okay. So I think first off, Leslie and I would like to hear a little bit about your drinking story, sort of like what led you to drinking too much, like how it began and what happened, and then maybe talk about if you tried to moderate or quit and how mm-hmm. long you did that for and then kind of go into like whatever <laughs> inspired you to like fully stop and your story sure sure okay so buckle up here we go <laughs> um, so my story um in scotland i think we are quite well known for having quite a big boozy drinking culture and it seems to be just the the done thing that around 16 everyone starts experimenting drinking getting the older kids to buy us booze and 
So I started drinking probably around 15 um, and it became, I'm not sure I ever had a healthy relationship with alcohol, to be honest, because in the early days, it was very much binge drinking at the weekend with my friends and drinking too much, not knowing when to stop. Um, my my drinking became very much an escape for me very quickly. So I had been using probably, I think probably food up to that point, and then alcohol kind of replaced it. And I found this sweet relief from just numbing my brain and it just kind of snowballed from there I loved the feeling of forgetting about current life and just I you know it felt so fun in the beginning and I loved the the confidence it gave me um so alcohol was always around it quickly took hold of me I wanted to do it very regularly um compared to my friends I'd say you know I was mid a midweek drinker as well as the weekends and then it just kind of escalated from there I had uh, a break for about a year while I was pregnant with my daughter um, in my late 20s and I genuinely thought my drinking would change because you know you become a parent and you have obviously huge responsibilities and my drinking did change to a point you know there, there was less it was less of a sociable thing and it was more of a an unwinding, a relaxing reward, as I'm sure you hear, hear lots of people talking about in the sober, sober um, community, that the the mom wine culture and rewarding yourself at the end of a hard day. So that's exactly where I found myself. Throw a relationship breakdown into the mix and becoming a single parent and changing. You know, my whole world was very disrupted for a couple of years, and that was probably the beginning of the end of my drinking because I then found myself having you know time alone where I didn't have my child with me I was navigating those emotions I was also navigating um, a break in a, a, a breakdown in a relationship so there's you know there's lots of big huge things happening there was house moves there was relationship breakdown there was um, navigating a co-parenting agreement there was just there was covid there was lockdown there was like everything just seemed to be amplified in my life and everything felt very hard and heavy and dark and my drinking just became quite heavy on those on those times that I was on my own but it was very much a solo activity you know on my own on the couch not really knowing why I was doing it anymore and it got to a point where I wouldn't, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was held in a job. I was a good mom. I didn't, I, I wouldn't have come across like I didn't have my life together. But at the same time, I, I knew that it had too much of a hold over me. So I think that was the beginning of the end. Did I try and moderate? Well, no, I didn't actually. It was a very, very spur of the moment sort of decision in terms of I'm going to stop. And I did stop, but I had thought about my relationship with alcohol for many years so I knew it was a problem you know I remember breastfeeding my daughter when she was a you know a young baby and feeling completely conflicted about the fact that I couldn't drink the amount of wine that I wanted to drink so you know that's me being very honest but it was just that feeling of you know I wanted to nurture my daughter I wanted to do the best thing for her but at the same time I really wanted to drink more than one glass of wine and that's when I started to think there's 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 a problem here and I don't like how this is uh, making me feel. So I decided after Christmas and New Year uh, two and a half years ago that I was just going to have a break. And that's kind of where it started. So I just took it day by day. I, did, I didn't decide that I was going to stop drinking forever. I just downloaded an app that counted the days and I went one day without a drink and then I did a week without a drink and I'd never really done that apart from when I was pregnant and then I decided to do a month and then a hundred days and I just kept setting myself small targets and and here I am today almost 900 days sober. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so incredible and Thank that's you. so cool that you just you did like the cold turkey stop. Yeah, uh, awesome. I didn't. I didn't even didn't even intend to, and I don't. You know, I don't try. I try not wear it like a badge of honor or anything because I think that moderation actually is a great way for people to 
dip their toe in the water and get used to sobriety and and um there's no right or wrong way is there it's just it seemed to work for me because I'm I'm very stubborn and the day count going up the the, the larger the day count became the more my willpower became stronger because I was like I cannot lose these days <laughs> and Instagram yeah. was also a huge a huge um, factor in that because I'm now helping other people and that keeps me on the straight and narrow you know yeah I didn't even think about talking about that with you but it's I think it's a thing I mean Instagram is where we met and I mean it's been a real really powerful resource hasn't it Mm, huge yeah yeah it's just it's that kind of place that I can get a bit lost in now I know social media has huge flaws and there's there's negatives to it as well but I have found in those times where I would have reached from boredom maybe for a glass of wine I would then go and write something so I know you like to write Jenna my Instagram captions are a form of you know creative writing and I love that outlet and it gave me somewhere that I could instead of journaling I would do a post and that was how I how I kind of tracked how I was feeling which was a really nice thing to do now to look back on as well yeah I I encourage anyone if anyone is possibly listening that hasn't gotten onto Instagram I would I would probably guess that it is I mean it's the most positive uplifting part of social media that might be out there um Mm -hmm. the sober community that is i mean Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because what i seem to like grasp is and learn is that all of us are basically just posting like positive affirmations about how stopping drinking has improved our lives and so we're just constantly reminding each other like this is good this is better this is the way so it's like we're kind of training our brains to think differently with each other on there so it's it's just been awesome yeah yeah it definitely has and that's a really good point you know it is just affirming that constantly and it's a nice place to be and actually I have to say like you say it's very supportive I have been on there for two years now and the the amount of trolling or negative comments that I've had in that time is really minimal which is quite amazing considering social media can be a really nasty place sometimes yeah I mean you've gotten so popular that I I haven't really thought about that but you've probably encountered a little bit of that as you've you've gotten bigger on there yeah a little but I think generally that will be when people relapse and there's a there's a bitterness because they have found themselves in a, in a dark place again and so there's an understanding from from me in those times as well I think it's being compassionate and and realizing why that's hurtful for them in that moment as well yeah that's a great point and I love that it's so nice um <laughs> so Let's see. Okay. So uh, for me, um, I also was going to ask you about your first year in sobriety just because I, I find it interesting. But for me, my first year, there was a lot of good things in it, but I would say it was one of the hardest years of my life. Did you find that at all? Did you find that you were kind of detoxing emotionally and physically or no? Yes, oh, 100%. Yeah, and I, and to a certain extent, I feel like I'm going through that again now. So I found the first year incredibly empowering and I had so much energy for life again. And I loved that. Because, and do you know why? Because I really focused on myself. I focused on doing all the things that I knew would help make me feel better so I was running I was eating well I was going to the gym I was um, meditating I was sleeping well you know just really ticking the boxes because I, I knew how important it was to get the balance right on all those things so that I wouldn't slip back into drinking so yes. that in terms of in terms of that I felt great but in terms of like you say the the emotional rawness that comes with sobriety was very difficult and I found myself also getting myself into some situations where we might talk about that a bit later but you know so we're dating and then there's rejection and there's feelings of you know and then you, you can't turn to alcohol so you're just sitting with it and that is so hard um, and then I think 
year two, and now I'm into, you know, past year two, I think there's a settling in period and you're like, okay, this is life now. This is good. Um, But actually that becomes overwhelming because you think, okay, this is it. Is this forever? (laughs) And then you start to question, like, how long does this go on for? Am I actually doing this forever? Um, And you kind of play ping pong in your own mind. But I've I've realized that this is forever for me. And now I am at the place where I want to get back to the basics. So I have let some of the self-care things slip. And I think that's where um, the balance can become, um, you know, out of sync so I'm I'm uh, stripping it back at the moment and just going to try and get back to running and eating healthy and things like that so that I don't feel because I feel like my cravings are quite strong at the moment for alcohol which yes. I know I know happens when I'm not looking after myself so it's just being very self-aware isn't it yeah you know I so I just spent a week with um one of my best friends and Northern California, and we went to acting class together in LA 15 years ago, and we drank all the time together. So this was an interesting last week for me, and I'm totally feeling what you just said because she'd be like, "Oh, I really want a cocktail. Oh, is it happy hour yet?" And like, I would laugh and I would say, "Yes, of course it's happy hour," but like, I couldn't join her, and so I admitted to her, I was like, "Man, like, I'm like." it's it's hard because you know that it's better on the sober side but yet you also have this like oh I, I kind of want to join you yes. like, I, I just want to like let go and relax but but there is no easy relaxation um like there is drinking so yeah it was kind of it was pretty interesting to be with her again at sober for the first time and be like huh you know, exactly. uh, well, I'll have I'll have a glass of juice, um, <laughs> you know, but but it's all but do good. You find, <laughs> do you find after maybe the first drink, do you relax into it and, and then it just doesn't feel like a big deal anymore? So sometimes when it, I'm in that situation, it, it kind of that feeling passes quite quickly after I say no and I get my juice or whatever. Um, I then relax into the fact that I'm not drinking and then it just feels like a non-issue. But I think it's just that initial, oh, I would love to have a cocktail. She's having a cocktail. And then the feeling kind of passes. Um, Yes, I would completely agree. That is exactly what happened. Like we were at her friend's house and that's a whole other story. There's a lot of drinking going on there. But like she ended up having a ginger beer in the fridge. And once I poured that and had a few sips and it had like sugar and it tasted really good, I was completely content and happy. And yes, like that feeling does pass. So that Mm -hmm. is a a good thing to keep in mind because yeah. yeah. You know, it's temporary. Everything's temporary, including the cravings for booze. (laughs) Yes, um, exactly. I'm glad you had a nice time. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was amazing. Thank you. Leslie, do you have anything to say before we get into sober dating? Do you have any questions or anything? The only one I was thinking of, Jade, is I know that you turned to writing and your Instagram posts. Were there other things that you did to pass the time when it came to those moments of of weaknesses that you felt... Um, you know, you did say that you went, uh, you do running and stuff like that. Is that kind of what you would do in those cases? Um, yeah, so I did definitely took up running, went to the gym when I could. But the other things that I loved to do was, honestly, this was one of the biggest things that saw me through probably the first 100 days. So I would download audiobooks and usually the, the quitlet books around alcohol and um, being sober and the effects of alcohol on the body etc so I read all the all the main ones and I'd listen to those and I'd get one of these mindful coloring in books and I really I've raved about this on my Instagram page but coloring in and an audiobook at the same time just really helped when I was having cravings because my hands were busy I was filling my mind with all of the positives of why not drinking alcohol was a great thing for my mind and my body and it just really past the time because sometimes those days are so hard you just kind of want them 
over with, you know, especially the evenings. And I'm not one for going to bed early. They say, you know, if you're having cravings, just go to bed. But I couldn't do that. So I had to keep busy. So on the nights that maybe I didn't want to go for a run, I would colour in like a big child. (laughs) I think those are all good, helpful things for other people that might be listening. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just finding things that, that interest you, isn't it? You know, it's are, are there new hobbies or things that you haven't done for many years? Because I think when we're drinking and we're preoccupied, we forget the things that actually bring us joy. So I think one of, one of the biggest parts of sobriety for me has been reassessing actually what makes me happy and what I enjoy doing in my free time rather than just sitting on the couch having a gin and tonic or having a glass of wine. It's it's reading, it's connecting, it's listening to music, it's going to gigs, it's um, exercising, it's creating, be that silly Instagram reels or writing or creating visuals. I just love the creativity. Um, so yeah, find find your thing and throw yourself into it is what I would say. Yes, I love it. So good. Mm-hmm. And I experienced that too. Like I felt like life was kind of starting over again because at first you're kind of like, well, at least for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. Like all of my relaxation and enjoyment is going away. But really that was like the biggest lie that I told myself. It was like life was coming back to me. Yes. Yes. Yes, Exactly. It does. It does. It comes back in a big way and the color comes back and and you just, yeah, you'd rediscover yourself. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yay. Okay. So, so many yays. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. So, sober dating, the, the greatest topic there ever was. Um, oh. So, as far as the first year, did you jump into dating? Did you try it? Yes. And what was it like? Like, let's hear about it. Oh, right. So where do I, where do I start? So yes, I did throw myself into sober dating. So I was, I was single before I stopped drinking and, but I didn't really do many dates. So because lockdown was happening and we were all stuck in the house, but then I got sober and then things started to relax a bit. And then I did throw myself into the apps and dating and chatting to people and putting myself out there a bit so it was daunting um but I will say that I'm quite a sociable person and I do enjoy meeting new people so going to dates was still scary but I can imagine not as scary as it would be to people who maybe have a bit of social anxiety and um are a bit more introverted so I loved I loved the buzz actually of of meeting new people because it gave me yeah um there's a bit of a thrill around it isn't there so um how was it it was (laughs) oh gosh Jenna like you know you've heard all my stories but yeah it was um interesting (laughs) to begin with and what I would say is that as anyone who is in their 20s or 30s or 40s have been you know on the on the dating apps and out meeting people it can be really difficult and to meet genuine people who um who you who you click with so there's a lot of chatting to people that, that doesn't turn into anything or you know going on dates and then having to have that awkward goodbye where you know you definitely don't want to see them again <laughs> um so all of those things are made 10 times more difficult I think when you're sober because there's no there's no uh, uh confidence boost from a glass of wine you just have to really show up and be a big be a big girl about it so I had a couple of dates where um you know one party maybe wanted to see me again but I didn't and then I had to kind of go oh thank you it's okay and then it kind of put put me off because I thought this is actually like difficult and painful because I I don't like saying no um the other thing that I found myself doing was getting into a short-term um what shall we say I was seeing someone for a short period of time which you know about but 
basically he ended up being a very 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 heavy drinker and it was a real it was a real um stark reminder of how vulnerable my sobriety was at that point and how much I needed to put myself first because I found myself not putting myself first in in that in that period of time I am a natural helper I want to you know look after people and try and fix people if I can and and support them in any way but I I realized that's what I was doing with this person and I wanted to I wanted to be the person that helped them through what they were going through but I realized what was happening is I was doing it that at my own expense and spending a lot of time with somebody who was drinking like way more than I ever did and it became it became quite difficult because I was around alcohol all the time like you know all the time and to the point where he would leave the room and there would be a large glass of red wine sitting and I would pick it up I would sniff it I would and I thought you know I could just drink this and nobody would know what does it matter and it was those kind of feelings and thoughts I thought no this is really really not good for me um and the the kind of uh the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak was when it was my one year sober anniversary and it was supposed to be a really special big exciting day for me and I ended up spending the night before looking after him um he'd drank to oblivion and was couldn't even get up to his bed and you know so it was just a real stark reminder of why I didn't drink anymore and why alcohol can be so um impactful in in your life and just there's no fun in that that he was not having a good time it wasn't fun um and yeah so that's the that's the negative side of dating is that you can kind of if you're not fully healed yourself and you are going through some stuff and you're sober and you think you are okay (laughs) that you throw yourself into the dating scene you might find that you start to forget about yourself and looking after your well-being and I think that that was a big reminder that I needed to maybe protect myself a bit and hide away from it for a while so that's what I did um and then got myself back out there and thankfully I've had much more positive experiences since um and I'm now I'm glad to say off of the the dating scene because I have met a lovely lovely guy um and that's almost a year since our first date actually oh my gosh congratulations thank you I just spoke about this actually on my Instagram page earlier so I think that you know one of the biggest um joys that I've experienced throughout this whole sobriety journey has been getting to know him uh without alcohol you know going through the whole sobriety dating scene um where you are having to show up every day or to every date unfiltered you know no bravado of alcohol just having to show up as you and get to know that person on a real um authentic level I think that has been so special and it just you know I think for a long time in my life I maybe didn't feel I always didn't feel quite um enough without the bravado of booze but I know now that you know I am enough and he has um got to know me without one drop of alcohol and I think that's such a nice way to start a relationship because you're just showing up every time as yourself Uh, and there's no there's no false confidence if you're not confident you just have to be a bit vulnerable and that's I think the the best foundation for a good relationship so I'm I'm really happy with with the fact that I did push through the difficult dates because you you only takes one date to go really well and you think oh it was worth it ah okay so I've had like a million thoughts as you've been talking um I remember the traumatic event and I wanted like as you were talking I was like 
you know, oh yeah, that loser. And then I was like, <laughs> that you probably shouldn't call him a loser, but FYI to everyone listening, he wasn't that great anyway. So, um, because I also have the caretaker in me, um, even though I was struggling for so long, I usually was also taking care in some shape or form or trying to heal or help the people that I date. So I entirely relate with that one. Um, but yeah, good riddance. Sorry, not sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry, me neither. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So that covered, I was going to ask you about any horse sober dating stories, but I knew that would be the one. So uh, th- I have a, actually a few questions that I that I think are fun. Um, oh, let's start with this one. So with the wonderful person that you're now dating, um, what are some... So when we think of dating, I think this was the hardest part for me in Oregon, maybe... I haven't met many people that are open-minded and think of exciting, fun things to do. I mean, I've, I've met a few, and dinner is always a great idea, I think. But a lot of the guys on the dating apps, um, which, as Jade mentioned, dating in your 30s has been a huge struggle. And she and I have laughed and, like, laughed and cried about all these people we were... Not all these people. There weren't that many, but there were enough where we'd be like... <laughs> oh, who are you dating now? Oh, well, who did you go on a last date with? And so it was hard to keep up, even though I don't think we were dating too much. But um, but yeah, there's it's, it's pretty difficult out there. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the guys on the dating apps just resort to, uh, do you want to go get a drink? Um, mm-hmm. And at first, when you're you know, new and sober, it's kind of like, okay, sure. And then, you know, I usually, I felt inclined to be like, yeah, that's fine. And and just to let them know, like, I won't be like drinking, drinking with you, but I can get a mocktail or whatever. Sometimes it ended up being, you know, grapefruit juice or the, usually my go-to for the one thing that they would have. Um, but so what I'm getting at is, what are some alternative dates besides going to the bar that you have enjoyed with the person that you were dating? What are some ideas? Good, good, good question. Um, I think that like you say, the default is going for a drink and funnily enough, our first date, we did go for a drink, but it was actually to a really nice um, cocktail bar that I knew did really good mocktails and he knew that they did really good mocktails. So, you know, that, but we also had dinner. So I think that's other perfect. Things, it was great. It was really good because we were able to have nice food. I could have a really nice mocktail and it was cozy and there's candles. So it is quite a nice setting. But I also think other dates that are really good when you're sober. So we did, I think for our second date, we had like sushi down at the beach. You know, we went for a walk along the beach and then we went to the cinema. So you, you have a bit of chat first, then you can go and watch a movie. Um, walking is a really nice one. So you could go for a nice walk somewhere um, <laughs> yeah. if you trust the person enough. Um, and then obviously there's coffee dates. I think coffee dates are are perfect because especially if it's an early date and you don't know them very well because a coffee date doesn't need to last that long you have an excuse to leave it can be sort of in the in during the day it's the perfect sober person's date I would say um what else what else could I suggest one thing we did was which was really fun after we knew each other a little bit longer but we went to a music festival for like a day a day ticket that was really fun because you know there's you're sharing kind of music together and that's a real passion of mine so it was really um special to go to see live music I think that's always a good fun thing to do um yeah yeah sort of like events like finding events yeah yeah or bowling bowling's fun and you don't need to drink? Yeah, you know, I actually had someone suggest bowling, I think, during the start of sobriety. And I was like, ah, because I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of shot. Like, I always loved drinking during bowling because I was so nervous to bowl because I never bowl, you know? Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's true. So it depends on what you're confident with. So if, if you don't like, because I suppose bowling can be quite 
they're watching you as you go and do it and then if you don't throw like I've literally thrown the ball behind me before when I'm bowling so, so but yeah I, I get that it's maybe it's maybe not for everyone but there's well, no, lots of I, options I think it gets easier with time like now if someone asked me to go bowling I'd say sure but during the first year I would have been like can we you know I'd go for that walk probably instead but yeah I think it gets easier with time Definitely. And what I wanted to say as well, Jenna, is that, you know, when I was newly sober and starting to date or put myself out there again and chat to guys, I remember thinking, oh, what's the feedback going to be because I don't drink? Am I suddenly going to be this undesirable, um, boring person that people are like, oh, you don't drink? Okay, I'm not interested. You know, there's, I did have that inner voice telling me that I was going to be a, be a, appearing as a dull kind of person and probably not desirable um that has my my perception on that has completely shifted and you know my partner he he drinks but not not much um and when he does it doesn't bother me but he has been so supportive in the fact that I don't drink you know there's not been one time that I have felt any type of pressure or any type of you know inadequacy because I don't drink and I think I just want to say that so that this is out there for people who maybe are looking to date and and think that they maybe have to find somebody else who's sober you know there's lots of people out there who have a very healthy relationship with alcohol who it really wouldn't bother them if their partner drank or not which is it's nice to hear because I I didn't believe it (laughs) you know I have experienced that as well um on all of the dates I've been on, I would say most of them didn't appear to care at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also met a lot of people that seem to also have a healthy relationship with it. And I've, but I've had relationships with um, several that did not. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's like law of attraction. Like once you're healthier with alcohol, you also kind of attract people in your life more so that are healthy as well, which is also a huge benefit to this. Um, Not always, but sometimes, you know? Definitely. Let's see. I have a few more questions, and then we'll see what what Leslie has to ask you. Here's just a a small random one, but I don't know if you know. I don't know if they changed the app a year ago or not, because I know you and I were both on Bumble. Still am. (laughs) Still am. (laughs) Cue the sad violin. Um, we need to catch up. <laughs> oh, gosh, we do. Yeah, I still have just dreadful or sad stories. Well, you know, or not even sad stories. But, um, okay, so there is an option whether – so there's an option to mark yourself as you never drink alcohol or to mark yourself as you're sober, which I found to be really interesting when this option came in because I was like – what does it matter? You know, you don't drink or you do, but I guess the point is that some people want to highlight that they're sober because maybe that implies that they're in recovery. And I never really mm-hmm. go around saying I'm in recovery. I didn't go to AA. I just, I just made the hardcore choice um, out of a health scare that I decided to become sober. So I kind of was like you and just quit one day. Um, yeah. So how do you feel about did you have that choice when you were still on there to mark one or the other? Actually, no. So that's interesting to me. And it's really made me think about what I would do in that situation. But I think, you know, I do I do say that I'm sober a lot on my page. Obviously, I'm Scottish and sober. But yeah. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of a dating site, I'd probably just say that I don't drink alcohol. Because like you, you know, I didn't. I didn't go to AA. I didn't go through any sort of form of um, 12 steps or and I just stopped drinking and I just don't drink anymore. I don't want it to define me, though. Um, yeah. And I think but I also I also don't. I'm working so hard in my little space on the Internet to break the stigma around alcoholism, um, the term alcoholic, being sober. You know, I really want to break down the, the illusion that that, you know, there's anything wrong with having an unhealthy relationship with alcohol because it's we're we're literally it's 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 like poured down our throats literally until we become reliant on it 
and then we are seen as weak or have a problem when we want to keep doing it or can't give it up and I feel so strongly about that that I feel conflicted in my own mind sometimes about the fact that I, I never um, call myself an alcoholic because I don't believe I was one but at the same I don't time either. I, no but I, but I also don't want that to ever be an embarrassment or a, a feeling of shame if you were to say that and I think that some people do still feel that way so um, in short I would say <laughs> I just didn't drink but I think that it's great that they have a sober option as well because people need to own that if they are and they have done a lot of work in recovery so yeah I love that and I agree yeah. I'm I feel the exact same which is no surprise because we always kind of <laughs> feel the same on everything um Leslie, do you have any questions you've come up with? I'm sure you have because I feel like this is probably you can probably relate on a lot of in a lot of ways. I did have a question. Um, do you have kind of a, a low tolerance to people who do overdrink around you? Does that seem to affect you at all? Um, it it really depends on the people. Um, and also, you know, the type of the type of company I'm keeping. So I very rarely in the last two and a half years have I found myself in situations where I'm in a situation where, you know, I feel highly triggered or unsupported in my sobriety. I've got very, very lucky to have a very supportive group of friends. And so I haven't had horrible situations where, you know, there's pressure on me. But don't get me wrong, you know, I've, I've been in a few, a, few, a few dinner tables, you know, where everyone else is drinking and it gets a bit more and more animated and loud. And, and you do find yourself going inward, don't you? Because it's like, as everyone else is um, becoming bigger and louder and more extravagant, you're kind of getting more and more introvert and quieter and, and reserved because you're just not on the same wavelength. And I think that the biggest thing for me is just that acceptance that that's okay. I don't have to put on a show. I don't need to pretend that I'm having the best time. I just have to accept <laughs> I have a limit. And then if I'm not having fun, it's knowing, knowing the boundary, isn't it, of when to leave. And I think that's also really important. Both of you, um, Jenna and Jade, would you, it sounds like you guys are okay with dating people who are drinkers, even if it's not to excess, but are you guys both okay with that? For me, yes. Um, I actually find sometimes I quite enjoy when my partner has a couple of drinks. Um, I kind of like, you know, when he gets a little bit loose <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> like relaxes a bit and it's nice and it's sociable. And so I really don't, it doesn't bother me in the slightest, but there's a difference between that and, um, for instance, the, the guy that I mentioned earlier that I was dating where it was it was not a sociable thing. It was just drinking to get drunk and that that would not have been OK long term. So I don't know that would that would be my answer. But I don't know how you feel, Jenna. I would say I actually feel the same as you. So I had some dates with someone. Um, I don't know, a year and a half ago. I'm not sure. And. I noticed and I was sweetly surprised that when he um, was having a few drinks that night and I could tell that it was relaxing him, just like you just said, I kind of fed off that because it's, I remember that feeling. So I don't, in that moment, I kind of was like, oh, this is nice. Like, I feel like I'm relaxing too, just by seeing that yes. you're relaxing. And it's to yeah. it, it totally happens. It's like a placebo, isn't it? Yes, it's placebo. Um, and it's awesome. And I was so happy about it. Um, but then just like you said, I know that if I were to date someone who craved and constantly thought about the next drink like I did, I just I don't think I could go there with someone again like that because it would turn into me trying to want to fix and help someone and I think after you've done that so long with people and then you've also done it with yourself and you're finally in a good place like you just want to 
Because for me, I think sobriety is about, well, I mean, it completely is. Sobriety is about relearning how to be happy organically in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I don't mind if if you're a healthy drinker, but I, I also want you to be able to have fun without it or, you know, to just embrace moments and not be struggling. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's hard. Like, because just, just like Jade said, um, it has poured down our throats. It's the society we live in and it's the world we live in. And so, you know, we're, I think we're all empaths that are Leslie, Jade and I are all empaths. We feel a lot for people and we want to support them. So it's, it is a place where you have to have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's interesting because on the other end of me being around somebody who drinks heavily, if I was ever in a position where I needed to date, I don't think I would date anybody that drank. Being on the opposite yeah. end of the viewer, you know, I think it's hard because um, you get so much resentment and other things that build that I find it really difficult to accept that. I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm not in that position to get mm. to that part, mm. but if I did, I don't know if I could. Yeah. I suppose for you, Leslie, if you had the choice, it would just be like, you know, that could be a non-negotiable because you can, you, you have that luxury of then choosing who you date at that point. And if you've seen firsthand um, the difficulties that come with being with you know, around somebody who drinks a lot, then I can totally understand why you would, why you would just say a hard no on alcohol. Yeah. Sure. And it's hard because I don't trust my own judgment of like, is this an issue or is this just fun? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I misjudged that for so long that I don't know that it's just easier for me if they don't drink than not, to not have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually, when you say that, even in the short period of time that I, I was dating that person to, to to begin with, I didn't see that it was an issue because I thought it was fun. And I and I, I saw the the lighthearted side of it and the sociable bit. And then but then slowly I started to realize the person that I really liked and enjoyed spending time with was the person after a few drinks. And then I realized the next day that person wasn't the person that I liked until they had a few drinks. And that was a real cold, stark realization that that person had a bad relationship with alcohol because I realized they needed the alcohol to sort of bring them back up to the level of just being able to function. And that was quite um, eye opening. And, and I have since thought about the fact that, you know, if you were, in a relationship with somebody in that situation, that would be a very difficult dynamic um, to move through as a couple. Yeah, I mean, I I can relate with my first relationship, not so much with Jade, but maybe with Leslie and the loved one that she has that drinks because Mm -hmm. um, I loved my person, or I should say my ex, I loved my ex um, so much when he wasn't drinking and I loved him when he was drinking like 24 seven love. And, you know, um, I joined him because it did feel fun and it did look fun. And it, it is sort of just this crazy illusion of what's going on here because he had me convinced that it was all fun. Like it's, I guess in a way it's still confusing because it was very fun. Um, most of everything was fun until the next morning or when I would wake up and not remember things and I would be devastated and I would cry and he would say, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You don't remember. And he, you know, just kind of brushed it off. And, and so then I would tell myself it's okay. And then we would do the same mistakes all over again. But <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's it's choosing choosing your fun, um, and when the when the the cons outweigh the pros, that's when it's time to to reassess. And it sounds like 
it's just the negatives that come so the, the highs the, the high highs come with the low lows and that's what you're experiencing there yes and yeah to everyone listening the low lows just are not worth the high highs um no and, and in sobriety i think you do get you know the pink cloud and the and the good highs and they're just they're more honest and more real than the fake highs yeah yeah i i, I completely agree now when the highs happen they are you know you've worked really hard for that high what whatever it may be you know it might be a a long run where the endorphins kick in or or a moment that you're experiencing with a new partner or uh you know the look in my daughter's face when she runs out to me after the school bell has gone those moments are the moments that you really feel deep now um whereas before i would have probably not even stopped to notice them and yeah they're they're way better than uh than the, the booze highs, I would say. Oh, the daughter one. Ugh. Oh, I know. I know I miss <laughs> I love your questions, Leslie. Do you have any more? Um, you know, as you guys talk, they all pop up, and then most of the time she answers them before I could get to it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Which is great, because uh, it just means that, you know, you're thinking ahead, or I'm, you know, you've got it already. But, um, Give me a minute if I, I'll pop on and if I do think of something. Okay. Great. I mean, we've, we've done really well here. I'm very proud. I'm very, I'm not shocked though. I'm not surprised. We've um, covered a lot of ground. We have. So I remember one of my sober date, first sober dates. Um, so I was wondering if you do. Mine was with... This is just funny to share. It was with a, I feel like it was my first cowboy. And he lived in like a rural area of Oregon. But I'm so, should I say desperate? I don't know. I have my radius out to infinity. So, you know, I I have multiple times I've swiped out of Oregon and into other states. Um, So... I matched with a cowboy in a rural area and I've been trying to be so open. So I was like, okay, whatever, you know, he's probably um, a country guy. I don't know if he showed up, he may have shown up in boots and a cowboy hat. Like he was a cowboy. And, and you know what? I would say like, thank you universe for bringing him as like my first sober date because he was a nice, good old guy. And it was so different that I just was kind of like laughing on the inside, like, okay, here I am, sober, <laughs> ordering juice. We, he even wanted to bar hop. So we bar hopped. I kept ordering juice. He ordered drinks. And he ended up having some like really sad, sentimental moment where he got tears in his eyes and he cried. And I think I, I did. Mm-hmm. I got tears in my eyes too. Um, so I was still finding out and I was um, sweetly surprised to find out that that I was connecting with this person on a level that I probably would connect um, similarly if I was drinking. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was my first sober dating experience. And it was, yeah, it was kind of humorous. I think it'll always stand out for me. Hopefully I'll always remember that cowboy yeah, um, I'm sure you will. Do you remember your like very first one? Do you know I I actually am trying to think. I don't know, but if I maybe I could tell you a funny sober story since you just shared a funny one. So yes. I um I went on a sober date with somebody who it was very much, you know, there weren't a lot of messages exchanged and then we met for a drink. Um, I had a coffee and we were so I was you know as you do on the apps you're chatting to a few different people at once and we were chatting away and I was making lots of conversation and then I happened to say so he was he was actually Polish and his family were obviously in Poland but I got completely mixed up with my people (laughs) 
and I said to and I said to him, I was like, So tell me about your parents. You have the hotel in the Highlands. And <laughs> and he was like, My parent my parents live in Poland and I was thinking, Oh and he said he said to me, How many guys are you talking to on these apps? Oh, I, I, I just like I know I got such a red face. I was like, I'm really sorry. I got I got you mixed up with someone else. Um, and needless to say, we didn't see each other again. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you can God. be sober, but you can still um, mix up. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I would actually say, and I'm I'm not happy to say that. I think it might be like a post-pandemic thing. I'm hoping, but my memory is kind of, yeah, it's it's not as detailed as it used to be. So, um, have grace with yourself, sober yeah. people, because even when you quit drinking, um, you're still gonna stumble. Yeah, totally. I think I do still think there must be uh, a, a gap in the market for sober dating apps. I think I have seen some, but there's not there's not one that kind of jumps out at you as like, well, maybe there might be. So if anyone knows, then by all means, let us know. But it would be great because I do think a lot of sober people would prefer to meet somebody who doesn't drink. Um, so there must be a gap for it on Instagram as well. I've often had big thoughts about, you know, it'd be great to have some sort of Instagram community of sober people who are single and looking to date, but I just don't have the time to, to do anything about it myself. But if anyone wants to do that, then go ahead. I think it'd be good. We three should create this dating app. Secondly, <laughs> I have also seen... Um, I've seen like, I feel like Instagram accounts, you probably have two that are like acting like they're coming out with an app, but I, but yeah, I still haven't seen anything that's been popular enough where I'm like, actually, I take that back. I did sign up for one and there were like three people on it, like probably in another state that I can, that I saw on okay. the app. So I was like, okay, I'm getting off. Yeah. Um, and then my last part I was going to say is that something that might be really cool to add to a sober dating app would be that you could also mark yourself off as like a healthy drinker because I have mm -hmm. gone on dates with people, um, men, who say, um, like several, who say, yeah, my last relationship, which was like a few years long, um, the main issue that they had in their relationship from their perspective was that their girlfriend ended up having a drinking issue. And so they were really looking to avoid that. So that would be a cool concept to add that if you were open to, because maybe just people who realize how important it is to be with someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol, the dating app could be that. This is true. This is true. But on the uh, just plain devil's advocate, I do okay. think that people would who would say that they didn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol. You know, I think that there's there's a blind spot there for most people um, or they wouldn't want to admit that they didn't. So I think that if you were if you're wanting to appear desirable, you would instantly select that regardless of whether you were or not. You know, you're right, because. You and I are very honest people, and I don't think we would have joined the app. No. I know I wouldn't have. I actually, when I was still drinking, um, I think there's an option for, like, how often do you drink? And it's, like, rarely, never, all the time. I know that's on one of them, and I put okay. all the time. Oh, did you? <laughs> you don't yeah, yeah, like, good. I am a drinker. I want to drink <laughs> all the time. So, I would have done yeah. the same, to be honest, because I am a very honest person, too, but um, too honest sometimes. Yeah, me too. It's no, no bad thing, is it? Nope. All right. Okay, so, um, Jade, we are trying to ask um, about three questions that are the same to each person that comes on, because we think it would be fun to see how their answers vary. Um, okay. Chances are, as we all know, that you may have already answered these questions in this conversation because you're so wonderful and great at <laughs> communicating. But um, the first question is, what is your favorite part about being sober? My favorite part about being sober hmm, 
it's the the belief that I now have in myself to do things, to do hard things and stick to things, see things through, be consistent. You know, I'm not very good at seeing projects through to an end. <laughs> and sobriety is one of the first things that I've really, you know, put my put put my blood, sweat and tears into. And now I believe if I can do that and stay sober for coming up to 900 days, I can do anything. And when you believe in yourself, that opens up a lot of doors, a lot of opportunities. And yeah, the world is my oyster. I love it. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So the next one, and you've pretty much answered this, but it is what is something special that has helped you during your sober journey, a secret tool, something someone might not know about, but I think we've pretty much touched upon everything. Do you have anything you can think of that you want to add? I haven't yet added. Um, I think connection, you know, I've, I've touched on this already, but honestly, connection with other people who are going through the similar journey has been one of the, the key components to me staying sober it is everything you you feel less lonely you feel supported you feel seen you can talk about anything and there's no judgment it's just wonderful so find yourself a sober community be it on facebook instagram um you know local meetups aa however you do it just find your people and get vulnerable you know talk about talk about your your story and connect with other people who are going through similar because it will it will change your sober journey for the better absolutely agree um like i said i didn't go to aa but i found the sober community on instagram i would highly recommend it to anyone who is in a similar boat and doesn't want to go to meetings but or or if you're in a place where there aren't meetings or or whatnot, um, Instagram, we're, we're waiting for you. Um, yes, there are new people. There. It's crazy, isn't it, how a new suggestion of a person pops up like every single day and they've started a sober account and they're trying to connect to people. Like somehow people find it. Yes, it's fab. And I love seeing that the community is growing and growing and the alcohol-free options are, you know, expanding. It's just, it's it's great. It's great to see. Oh my gosh, yes. And I want to do a side note that I did try two different non-alcoholic beers in the last week because my acting bestie was like, oh, we need to go to BevMo for you. And I missed going to BevMo. I guess you don't have that in Scotland, do you? No, we don't, no. Yeah, it's like the giant liquor store and it was down the street in LA and they don't have them in Oregon. Actually, they probably do by this point or maybe they don't, but... um. She stopped there for me and I got two new beers that were from California. And it's just, that's another um, a tip, definitely, when you're ready, is um, if you do like beer, like, I, I didn't try them until a year later myself, but um, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you feel comfortable with them, yeah, I think everyone's got a different take on alcohol-free drinks, don't they? But if yes. you if you feel comfortable enough in your sobriety to have alcohol free options here or there, then I do think they can be a great a great um addition. And I like them for social occasions particularly. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the last question is why do you think a sober life is a better life? And How I kind of framed this during the last episode was, you know, we we become sober and we see that life actually does feel better. And I think even though we don't want to tell anyone what to do or what they should do and we want people to be who they are, um, we also, at least I can say for myself, um, would love to encourage or inspire anyone out there to realize that it's actually better on this side. So why do you think it's better? Oh, such a good question. Um, 
I think for me, when I before I got sober, I just thought being sober would be you didn't drink anymore and life would be a bit flat. Now, since I actually got sober, what I have discovered is you don't drink anymore. Life is absolutely the opposite of flat, but also everything else in life improves or is easier or you have more motivation to do things so it's the knock-on effect that sobriety has in every other area of your life and that's why sober life is the best life for me because I am now more consistent with things I'm a better friend I'm a better mum I am more um I've got more energy I just I just have that zest for everything else and you're not wasting any of that time um self-inflicting illness upon yourself you know yeah we still have anxieties and we get tired and you know some days you still can't be bothered getting out of your pajamas but that's okay those days are are great and they come guilt-free um and enjoy them but yeah I think for me it's it's the knock-on effect that sobriety has on everything that I wasn't prepared for and that's been such a nice surprise for me so it is the best life it is the best life. Thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. Um, I just want to say I love you so much and I love Leslie so much. And that today is just such a happy day to me because I love you both. And I'm so oh, grateful yeah. to be sober and to have two amazing friends that I feel are just so sweet and supportive. So I love you both. Oh, thank you so, so, so much to you both for having me. I have loved chatting and I'm just very honoured to have been asked to come on your podcast and I can't wait to hear all your other guests. Thank you. It was great to meet you. Thanks, Leslie. Lovely to meet you too. All right. Okay. Have a good day. See you later. Thank you for joining us on Soberly Ever After. We hope the podcast gives you support and a place of no judgment to listen to our stories and to share yours with us. Until next time, a sober life is a better life.